You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a manuscript of Albert Einstein's has been sold and Philadelphia marks its highest year for gun violence since 1990. Here's your national news recap for the week of November 21st. Ryan Laundrie died by suicide. The family's attorney confirmed he passed away due to a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He was the only person of interest in the disappearance of his fiancée, Gabby Petito. Her body was found in Wyoming in September, and the coroner ruled she died by strangulation. Kyle Rittenhouse has been found not guilty of all charges, according to the Kenosha jury deliberating on his case. The defense successfully argued that Rittenhouse acted in self-defense during the 2020 riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin that summer. The jury has reached a verdict in the Ahmaud Arbery murder case in Georgia. The prosecution argued the young black man was chased and murdered without justification while jogging in a Brunswick neighborhood last year. Attorneys for the defendants claimed he was killed in self-defense when Arbery resisted a citizen's arrest. The jury found the three defendants guilty on most charges. The man accused of slamming into a Wisconsin Christmas parade crowd is in court. Brooks is accused of driving his SUV through the parade route barriers in Wakusha and killing six people and injuring dozens more. Brooks has a lengthy rap sheet and was out on bond when the incident took place. More than 100 children received a double dose of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine at Mercy One Clinic in Urbandale, Iowa, last Saturday. Mercy One says 107 children, ages 12 and under, were given a 20-microgram dose of the vaccine instead of the correct 10-microgram dose. The clinic says the possible side effects from the double dosage are not serious. The children may see a sore arm, headache, fatigue, or fever, which are normal post-vaccine responses, and stick around longer than usual. All the families with children given the incorrect doses have been contacted by the Mercy One Clinic. Bay Area District Attorneys are joining forces with law enforcement and state agencies to create a united front against organized retail theft. The coalition includes Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, San Francisco, San Mateo, Santa Clara, and San Joaquin counties. Authorities say the alliance will be a more organized working relationship with shared resources and information among the different counties and jurisdictions. Each agency will dedicate one prosecutor to collaborate enforcement effort. San Francisco DA Chesa Budin says the alliance of prosecutors is committed to developing strategies to combat these organized crimes. Members of the United Auto Workers have until Monday morning to return their ballots concerning the election of leaders. Currently, the union uses a delegate-based system to choose the top leaders of the union. The ballot is asking members if they want to keep that option or have direct elections of union leaders. A third party, Merriman River Group, will count the ballots under the supervision of federal officials. The UAW has a government-appointed monitor after dozens of leaders were caught up in a corruption probe in the last several years. At least 12 Brooklyn, New York residents are homeless after a fire gutted four apartments in Williamsburg. 
Firefighters arrived to a huge swath of flames on the top of a three-story building on DeVoe Street late Thursday night. It took more than 170 firefighters to get the blaze under control. Several firefighters were treated for minor injuries. The cause of the fire is being investigated. Senator Ted Cruz is ribbing California Governor Gavin Newsom over the Newsom's family Thanksgiving trip to Mexico. The Texas Republican retweeted a message about the Democratic governor going to Cabo San Lucas while California is under a COVID-19 state of emergency. Cruz commented, Cancun is much nicer than Cabo. That's a reference to the storm of criticism Cruz generated last winter when he took his family to Mexico while Texas was freezing under a historic cold snap. The company that makes Purell hand sanitizer will stay in downtown Akron, Ohio. Gojo Industries has signed a 20-year lease to one Gojo Plaza. The longtime Akron company was thrust into the spotlight after the COVID pandemic hit. Gojo delivered on 1.4 billion Purell products throughout the pandemic. That's 300% increase from 2019. Bicyclists are being asked to slow down on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, California. Transit district officials say the new 15-mile-per-hour speed limit will take effect on January 1st. Bike riders who get caught speeding will get a very expensive ticket. The Marin IJ says fines will range between $238 and $490. The change is being made after numerous complaints of unsafe speeding, especially on the sidewalk where pedestrians are allowed. A district study says the average speed on the west sidewalk is between 17 and 21 miles per hour where pedestrians are not allowed. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Hi, it's Ram with your weekly dose of politics. This week, the big headlines are the big $2 trillion human infrastructure bill facing the Senate. It'll be an uphill battle, and it's expected that the price tag will fall further in the face of Republican opposition, tough rules, and Joe Manchin. The 2,100-page document has plenty of targets. For example, one could be targeting Democrats for placing a fee on methane emissions from natural gas facilities as climate change measure, and then accuse them of increasing gas and heating prices, which are already high. This methane fee has become a focus point of contention, as the Democrats seem confident as it moves into the Senate, but it does face opposition. This would be a significant move as a step towards addressing climate change, as it would levy a charge of $1,500 per ton emitted in 2025 along with $775 million in subsidies for companies that take steps to reduce emissions. Senator Manchin is once again expected to be a significant opposer, as his state is a notable producer of coal and natural gas, and he claims that he will support it only if it encourages innovation rather than punishment for energy companies. Two women of color are President Biden's picks to lead the White House Budget Office, another milestone. If confirmed by the Senate, Shalanda Young would become the first black woman in charge of the Office of Management and Budget, while Nani Colaretti, a Filipino-American, would serve as Young's deputy, making her one of the highest-ranking Asian-Americans in the government. The Biden administration's sweeping vaccine mandate for federal workers appears to be working, with no disruption to law enforcement, intelligence gathering, or holiday travel. As of the 23rd, reports showed that 92% of the 3.5 million federal workers were already partially vaccinated while on track. The debate for a district redrawing heats up as more of the newly drawn lines are revealed. One of the current contested tactics is drawing in districts that split minority votes in new ways rather than the old tactic of clustering them in districts concentrated of their own people. The argument is that it makes it harder for minority representatives to be able to win a position at all. 
and it comes from a concern to put more black, Asian, and Latin Americans in positions of power. There's a discrepancy as black legislators make up less than 10% of state legislators, 14.2% of the population is black. Latin Americans are 18.7% of the population and just 5.3% of lawmakers, and Asians are 2% of legislators, but 7.2% of the population. And for some quick stories to wrap up, in the wake of Texas Attorney General being reported to the FBI for corruption, more and more Republicans are throwing in their hats to the ring, with Representative Louie Gohmert being the latest. Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson, a trailblazing black Democrat in Texas with 30 years in Congress, announced that she will not be seeking re-election next year, dealing another blow to Democrats anxious about the midterms. I've been Rom with your politics for the Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Crabs, octopus, and lobsters are being recognized as sentient beings in the UK. A recent study from London School of Economics and Political Science found evidence that these creatures have a central nervous system and can feel pain. The British government is now adding them to the animal welfare bill. The list of affected animals include shrimps, lobsters, crayfish, hermit crabs, squid, octopus, and cuttlefish. The legislation will not affect fishing practices or restaurants that sell shellfish, but will protect them in the future decision-making. Russian President Vladimir Putin has received an experimental nasal vaccination against COVID-19 after receiving a booster jab of Sputnik Light last weekend. Stuart Smith reports. The nasal vaccine is administered as a nasal spray and is designed to complement the traditional intramuscular injection. The deputy director of the National Research Center for Epidemiology said it doesn't just protect against developing symptoms of COVID-19, but minimizes the chance of a person becoming infected altogether and therefore passing it on. It comes as Russia's health ministry looks set to register the new Sputnik M vaccine for use amongst children aged 12 to 17. Stuart Smith, Moscow. Queen Elizabeth is attending the christening of her great-grandson. The 95-year-old made her first public appearance just four days after the hospital stay. The Queen spent the night in the hospital for preliminary investigations into an unspecified illness. Her doctors have advised her to cancel most engagements for the near future. Sunday's private ceremony took place at the Royal Lodge at Windsor's Great Park. China is protesting what is called malicious hyping for the politicalization of the case of the tennis star Peixiang after a social media post, allegations said that she was coerced into sex by a former vice premier. Patrick reports from Beijing. When asked about the case of Peng Shui, China's foreign ministry reiterated that this was not a diplomatic matter. Mentions of Peng have been heavily censored in China since early this month. She reappeared over the weekend in Beijing and is reported to have held a video call with IOC head Thomas Bach. Bach has been accused by critics of staging a publicity stunt and helping to sweep the issue under the carpet. There's still no word on how China will handle any investigation into the allegations. Patrick Falk, Beijing. A rare manuscript that features the early calculations that led Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity is selling for over $13 million. It was auctioned off on Tuesday in Paris. The 54-page manuscript is expected to sell for just around $3.5 million, but sold for almost quadruple that estimate. The document continues to dictate the way the view space and change the world's understanding of gravitation. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. 
A New Jersey woman and her children are dead, and their landlord is being sued for not changing the locks. Lawyers on behalf of the late Ruth S. Reyes de Servino say she begged her landlord to change the locks in her apartment when she was granted a restraining order against her husband, which the landlord did not do. In February 2020, Severino and her two children, ages two and five, were found stabbed to death, with her husband's remains also discovered in a nearby park. The lawsuit alleges Severino killed himself after murdering his family and goes on to accuse the landlord of wrongful death, negligence, and breach of contract. A Newark police officer faces several charges after investigators said he struck a pedestrian while off-duty, put the victim in his car, and then later returned to the scene with the victim's dead body. The officer, Luis Santiago, has been charged with reckless vehicular homicide, desecrating human remains, and related charges, according to Essex County Prosecutor Theodore N. Stevens II. Stevens says Santiago was off-duty and driving north on the Garden State Parkway at about 3 a.m. when he struck Damien Z. Daimka, who was walking on the shoulder near exit 151. After striking Daimka, neither Santiago nor his passenger called 911 or tried to render aid. Eventually, Santiago drove Daimka's body back to the scene of the crash, Stevens said. Santiago was charged with vehicular homicide, leaving the scene of a crash resulting in death, desecrating-slash-moving human remains, hindering one's own apprehension, conspiracy to hinder prosecution, tampering with physical evidence, obstructing the administration of law, and two counts of official misconduct. The investigation is ongoing. Philadelphia has surpassed 500 homicides for the year, with more than a month left in 2021. The tragic milestone was surpassed recently in South Philly when a woman was shot at 7th and Jackson Street. Medics rushed the 55-year-old woman to the hospital where she later passed away. It marks the most homicide since 1990 and the deadliest year on record. Due to this, Mayor Jim Kenney issued a strict message for the residents of Philadelphia. The mayor says that the gun violence needs to stop. Mayor Kenney, Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw, and other leaders gathered to remind Philadelphians that they are making it a priority to cut gun violence. Kenny is also asking his colleagues at the state level to allow Philadelphia to impose more stricter gun laws. A Bergen County fire is responsible for the heartbreaking loss of hundreds of toys for needy kids. Liz Warner reports. A fire last Sunday ravaged the Paramus Little League Baseball Fieldhouse, taking with it decades of popular trophies and sporting memorabilia and destroying hundreds of toys collected for children in need. The Bergen County Toys for Tots Foundation recently collected nearly 150 unwrapped toys from local residents, along with other toys purchased with donations, only to lose everything in the terrible fire. Fortunately, the Orange Lantern Restaurant in Paramus has stepped in by hosting a toy drop-off, from 10 a.m. till 2 a.m. daily until December 10th. Liz Warner, NBC News Radio, New York. One man from Wilmington, Delaware, is spending time behind bars for being caught in a stolen vehicle. It all started in Newcastle when a state trooper noticed a man was driving a vehicle that was reported as stolen. The trooper stopped the 21-year-old man and immediately placed the suspect under arrest. The Wilmington man faces several charges, including possession of marijuana and receiving stolen property over $1,500. From Jackie Roman at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, New Jersey recently reported another 2,376 COVID-19 cases and 16 confirmed deaths, while statewide coronavirus hospitalizations were above 800 for the fourth straight day, and all of the state's 21 counties now qualified as having, quote, high rates of transmission. The state's seven-day average for new positive tests increased to 1,835, up 20% from recently, and up 58% from a month ago. That's the highest average in nearly two months. State officials have called on residents to be cautious during this holiday season and to get vaccine booster shots. 
I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Brandon Searles with your Rowan news for the week. Rowan University's benefactors Gene and Rick Edelman have begun supporting the academic careers and professional development of high-achieving students in the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts with this year's inaugural selection of Edelman Scholarship recipients. The funding was created by a $10 million gift from the Edelmans in 2019 that was endowed to benefit students in perpetuity in the College of Communications and Creative Arts, which was renamed to honor Rick Edelman, one of its graduates. This inaugural class of 14 students each received $2,500 toward tuition for 2021 and 2022. Tweedy said there could be as many as 40 new recipients in 2022 and 2023, and with roughly 1,800 students in the college, about 10% will eventually hold renewable Edelman scholarships. Starting in January 2022, admitted Edelman CCCA students who meet the eligibility requirements will be invited to apply for this scholarship. Once again, I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your Rowan News for the Week. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Joshua DeCino with your news from around the sports world. Starting off with Roan University Sports. It's been a fairly quiet week here in Glassboro as the only props teams that played this week were the men's and women's basketball teams. Both teams played in Ewing, New Jersey on the campus of TCNJ in a props doubleheader Tuesday evening. Starting off with the good news, the men's basketball team defeated the TCNJ Lions to remain undefeated on the season after defeating the Lions by a final score of 85-77. While the props came out victorious, there's no doubt that this game was extremely close throughout. TCNJ was fighting neck and neck with Rowan as they put up just two fewer points in the first half and six fewer points in the second half. This victory was the Profs' fourth overall on the season, as well as their first conference victory on the year to put them at a pretty 1-0 in NJAC play. No specific player really stood out in this one, as it was a complete group effort. Arian Azami had 15 points after going 5-15 for 15 from the field and 2-8 and from the perimeter, while Dondre Vilmer contributed 13. Damian Smith tallied 12, and Ryan O'Leary gathered 10 in the contest. The Profs will next be back in action on December 1st, back home at Esby Gym right here in Glassboro, New Jersey, as they get set to take on the Stockton Ospreys for their second end jack matchup of the year. Moving on to the bad news regarding the women's basketball team, they were defeated by the TCNJ Lions by a final score of 70-68 in a nail-biter to say the least. Despite 22 points from Nicole Mallard and 20 points from Grace Marshall, the Profs could not get a last-second three-pointer to fall that would have crowned them victorious, subsequently completing the sweep of TCNJ Lions in the doubleheader Tuesday night. Rowan will be traveling to Salisbury today to face up against the Seagulls at 2 p.m. for a non-conference matchup, looking to improve their 1-3 record so far on the season. Taking a look at professional sports, three NFL teams were in action on Thanksgiving. The 3-7 Chicago Bears found themselves taking on the 0-9-1 Detroit Lions in Detroit for the opener of three Turkey Day games. After a quiet back-and-forth battle, the Andy Dalton-led Bears found themselves victorious after a Cairo Santos game-winning field goal as time expired in regulation. 
Matt Nagy gets to keep his job as his team improves to three games below 500 at 4-7, while the Lions, led by Dan Campbell, remain winless. In the second game of the evening, the Las Vegas Raiders found themselves in a shootout versus the Dallas Cowboys. The boys in blue came out as losers in this one after Daniel Carson walked the game off in overtime via a field goal to take down America's team on a national holiday by a final score of 36-33. Last but certainly not least, the Bills faced off against the Saints for the third and final game on Thanksgiving, and well, it was a blowout as the Bills routed the Saints by a final score of 31-6. They certainly proved to be the more polished team in this bounce-back victory as they made a statement by claiming back the AFC East lead over their rival New England Patriots by improving to 7-4. My name is Joshua Ticino, and this has been your news from around the sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Megan Steckler, and this is your Roan Report Business Update. Amazon will pay Washington State $2.5 million over illegal sales of regulated pesticides. Amazon was selling highly regulated pesticides without a license and without collecting information about their use, which is required by law. These are not pesticides you can buy at a hardware store, and money from the resolution will be used to fight future environmental cases. Samsung Electronics will be building a semiconductor manufacturing facility in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott says the $17 billion facility in Taylor near Austin will build chips for next-gen devices including AI and 5G phones. Samsung will be getting over $27 million in cash from the Texas Enterprise Fund, and the facility should be ready by the end of 2024. A federal jury in Ohio has found that Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS Health were responsible for fueling the opioid epidemic that has ravaged communities across the nation. The decision marks the first time that a jury has delivered a verdict in a case against the national pharmacy chains. A trial judge will now decide how much the pharmacy must pay in damages, and the pharmacies said that they disagreed with the jury's decision and plan to file an appeal. Salary workers at John Deere are getting raises along with union workers. Brock Wilson reports. John Deere says non-union salary workers are getting 8% raises. Deere says salary workers filled in on the floor while union workers were on strike. United Auto Workers Union members spent five weeks on strike and are getting raises that will total 20% over the next several years. I'm Brock Wilson. Italy's antitrust authority is fining tech giants Amazon and Apple more than $225 million for allegedly engaging in anti-competitive cooperation. In a statement Tuesday, the authority said the companies barred Apple and Beats products from being sold to any business other than Amazon and selected parties in a discriminatory manner. In addition to the fine, Amazon and Apple are ordered to end the restrictions. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. The Broadway actor is being hit with charges related to the January 6th Capitol riot. James D. Beeks has appeared on Broadway in Ragtime, Kinky Boots, and most recently was starring as Judas in a major touring production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Beeks has been charged by the U.S. Attorney's Office for Washington, D.C. with felony obstruction of Congress and a misdemeanor of unlawfully entering a restricted building or grounds. The actor has been suspended from the tour of Jesus Christ Superstar indefinitely, pending the outcome of the hearing. Beeks was arrested Tuesday in Wisconsin and was released pending further court appearances. The nominations for the 64th Annual Grammy Awards are out. Recording Academy CEO Harvey Mason Jr. announced the nominees for Song of the Year. John Baptiste led the pack with 11 nominations, while Justin Bieber, Doja Cat, and Her each earned eight. 
Billie Eilish and first-time nominee Olivia Rodrigo garnered seven nominations. The Recording Academy also announced the big four categories, including Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, and Best New Artist, expanded to ten nominees each. The change follows the Academy's revamped membership and voting process to encourage inclusivity and diversity among the field of nominees. For instance, Baptiste's 11 nominations spanned seven categories, including key nominations for Record of the Year, Freedom, and Album of the Year, We Are. The Jonas Brothers Family Roast is out now. The Netflix special sees several different friends, family, and loved ones roast Kevin, Joe, and Nick Jonas. While the special features professional comedians like Keenan Thompson and Pete Davidson, the band's wives' comments are fan favorites. Priyanka Chopra joked about her 10-year age gap with Nick, saying he teaches her how to use TikTok, and she shows him what a successful acting career looks like. Danielle joked, saying her daughters with Kevin don't know he's famous, like most other people. Meanwhile, Sophie told Joe not to wait up because Davidson slipped her his number. A man is being sentenced to death in North Korea for smuggling in copies of the hit Netflix show Squid Game. Authorities allegedly caught high school students watching the show, with sources saying it was smuggled in from China on USB drives. The smuggler faces death by firing squad, while six students who watched the series have been sentenced to five years hard labor. Teachers and school administrators have also been fired and face banishment to work in remote mines. North Korea passed the Elimination of Reactionary Thought and Culture Act in 2020, prohibiting the entry and distribution of cultural material like movies, plays, music, and books. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is thanking one of his fans, sharing a video on Instagram of him gifting Navy vet Oscar Rodriguez with his own personal custom truck. He said he decided to give Rodriguez his personal baby after Porsche said no to giving Rodriguez the same car The Rock drives in red notice. The Rock said Rodriguez inspires him because he takes care of his mom and provides support and meals for women victimized by domestic violence. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.